<laughs> that was loud. Ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Publish, Perish or Podcast, your opportunity to look behind the scenes of science to see how science ties its shoelaces. I'm Andy Stapleton and joining me today are Cameron Shearer. Hello. And Christopher Gibson. G'day from Smoky Tea. No. <laughs> no new nicknames, no, no new, new segments. <laughs> All right, guys, an important science question this week. Holy how do you How do you remember to tie your shoelaces? Is it... Round and round and up and down, or is it bunny ears? Ooh. I don't even think about it. Come on, when you were taught. So explain the difference to me. I was just a natural. You were a natural. <laughs> <laughs> it became naturally to you. Yeah. With <laughs> a few things. Uh, I, I don't know. Andy, what, which one do you do, and can you show what that means to Chris? Yeah, yeah show Chris, me. Chris, you uh, have small children. Surely you have little rhymes. Uh, everything's Velcro these days. Uh, <laughs> you know, Laces like, are a thing of the past. <laughs> yeah, right. So your daughter's going to be a 15-year-old child wearing Velcro shoes? <laughs> or thongs. <laughs> <laughs> or sandals. <laughs> um, so, Gibbo, here we go. I produce a loop. Oh, yep. And then I go round mm-hmm. and then through the hole. Mm. So I think that it's talked about a rabbit running round okay. and then the rabbit goes into the hole. Yeah. And then you grab the rabbit's ears and you pull it. Okay. I don't think I do that one. There no. is another one. Well, no. the other one. Well, how do you do it? Well, I'm not sure now. I uh, cross the laces over. Yeah. And then I make. And then I don't know what happens. I make a bow. <laughs> I told you it's natural. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is hard now it is hard to describe actually. You do a normal kind of knot and then you loop one end, loop another and wrap them around each other and pull through. Oh, you That's do the, the bunny like, ears. Is that bunny ears? That's bunny ears. Ooh. Yeah. 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 I knew I knew good. it was somehow sexy the way I did it. Yeah. I also do the bunny ears. Um, and so that's what science would do. Science would wrong. do the bunny ears. Completely wrong. I, so there is... How would science do it? There oh, is you a, seem prepared. I am. It's almost as if I wrote the question. You're, science. Always, you're always more oddly prepared for these ones. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. That's where I roll. That's why I'm hosting. So yes. there is a way of tying your shoelaces instantly. It takes a second okay. to do. Is it Velcro? It's not Velcro. There's a bow, and I forget what it's called, but I'll, I'll put a picture of it up online. Ooh. Yeah. And it's a way of, yeah, it's like a second it takes to do it in one fluid motion. I'm right. intrigued. Yeah, so that's how science would do it. Could I look this up on YouTube, do you reckon? Is it you possible? You could, but I'll send you the link. <laughs> you probably should have come prepared and shown us how it's done. I haven't, I haven't got any shoe. Look, my shoes don't have shoelaces do on. Do it to me. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm glad I'm glad we're doing this podcast too, Andy. <laughs> um I love that band. All right, what would science do? Well, I think it would do the best. Yeah. And so the best true lace would be one that would never come undone when you don't want it to come undone. So say mm. during it would last you know uh, 100 years of foot <laughs> Where, but you also yeah. want it to come undone really simply when you want it to. Yeah. Mm. Mm. I don't know what knot does that, All right. but that's what it would do. P-poppers out there, let us know. Well, hold on a minute. Oh, Smokey T's got to weigh in. Stop calling yourself fucking Smokey T, mate. Smokey T says that uh, science wouldn't 
bother with laces because science would bear, would wear like rocket launcher Sandals. gravity boots. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good. That's right. Rocket launcher gravity boots. Do you mean the gravity boots, you know, the ones, the moon boots from the 90s? That had like tramp little. You mean my favorite pair of shoes that I wore endlessly in the nineties? Yeah, because I'm from the nineties. Yeah, like <laughs> yeah, you. exactly you wish, like that. You wish <laughs> you're from the nineties. Yeah, what what era are you from? 1920s? Oh, so when I say I'm from the nineties, <laughs> I I I came of age in the nineties. That was when I had my twenties. Was in the. 90s. I don't want to know when you came of any age. <laughs> Thank you very much. Give <laughs> well, that would have been the eighties. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing is right. Nothing uh, is right with this podcast. That's bad. Sorry, everyone. Again. Okay, everyone. Look at you shuffling away. Hello. I mean, papers. <laughs> Two wank references so close to each other. Oh, is that what you mean by shuffling? I yeah. thought you meant slow walking. Like, you two are both gross. Yeah. yeah. All those times I've been yeah. saying shuffling, you know what I'm talking about. Cameron, you're just on a different level. Such a nice level. Yeah. Join yeah. Chris and I in the gutters. Yeah. Yeah. News from the week. Who wants to go? Gibbo, you got loads, so All right. Um, so, do you remember... Nope. <laughs> it must have been... Friday. A couple of <laughs> podcasts ago. This is going to be hard to get through. Well, you're, um, already mo- you're making it longer, Andy. <laughs> so, I'm so sorry, everyone. I, 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 I can do this forever. Um, so, I got a paper... Uh, Recently that I was a co-author on, I cheesed my way on to. Yes. And I remember I was bragging that there were only four authors on it. Oh, you yes. Lied. Guess what? There's Another seven. author is being added. Oh. <laughs> so what I was going to ask, have you, have you two ever been in this sort of situation where a paper's been accepted and then an author has been added um, after the paper's been accepted? No. If, no. In doubt, if in doubt, I include someone right from the beginning. Yeah, this has happened to me a couple of times. So uh, one of the co-authors... Um, has asked that that another author be added. It was a student of theirs who actually they uh, did work. Yeah, they contributed to making some work. samples. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So unlike uh, the supervisor, the supervisor, supervisor yeah. exactly. <laughs> so there's been there was that was a genuine omission. Uh, but the the process is interesting because a form has to get sent around to all the authors, and we all have to electronically sign it. And you've been involved in electronically signing forms before. I think I set it up for a PDF document once, and yeah. it was magic. Yeah, it's I, actually really easy. You'd think it would take half an hour then to get everyone to sign this, yeah. this document. No, this took us about a week. Yeah, A week? <laughs> there was a lot of emailing back and this forth. This document yeah. was bouncing around. Yeah, and we didn't do the electronic electronic signature. Um, me and I think most of the authors on it um, uh, actually got a, uh, a little signed section that we've scanned. And oh. We just cut and paste that in. Oh, that sounds terrible. Yeah. I mean, I still don't know whether the uh, the journals accepted that, but <laughs> we'll so see. So normally with these signed PDFs, you kind of click and then you would log in to your Acrobat account. Yeah, and it's verified by some email address, and so it kind of it's as good as a signature. Sure, but you don't need to print something out and then scan it because mm, I mean that's, that's right. pretty easy to that's probably easier to forge than logging on to someone's. Account? Yeah. Mm. Well, not with Gib007 over here with his password. Gibbo is great for everything. <laughs> we know what it is. <laughs> Jesus. How do you still forget it? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's either Gibbo is great, Gibbo is amazing, Gibbo is awesome, Gibbo is unreal. There's a lot of, of adjectives. Or know. just Gibbo. Adverbs. Wow. Uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> Jesus, you guys know all of them. Fucking hell. So anyway, uh, that, that's a little bit of, little bit of uh, funny stuff. Um, I do have a Gibbo's funny story. Oh. Do it. Okay. Ready? Gibbo's funny stories. Oh, yeah. 
All right, so this happened to me today. I'm on the computer and I'm checking out my bank details. I'm pleased you said bank details. Uh -oh. oh, yeah. And I find a credit card bill, uh, uh, an amount uh, of $90, spent at the Glenelg Football Club. Oh. I'm like, what? When exactly. did I what? go to the Glenelg Football Club you and when football. did I spend $90? That didn't happen. Yeah. Ring them up. I get oh, the call center because I can hear the buzz in the background. Yeah. And they were very, very helpful. Very helpful. Okay, good. good. Call centers often, people criticize they're not helpful. Yeah. In this case, they definitely were. Mm. Um, and the person said to me, like, look, you know, don't cancel your card because straight away I'm like, identity theft. Cancel yeah. card <laughs> No. And they're like, sir, sir, please just talk to your wife, just, talk to someone yep. and see if, if you can find out or trace where this um, payment come from. And All I'm right. like... That, that seems level-headed. Yeah. I'm like... Yeah, fine, whatever. So um, they actually told me uh, when the money came out, exactly when. It was the 22nd of March, so it's a week ago today. Yes. And there was a receipt number. So I, I, I ring up the football club and I'm like, look, someone's using my card. They're spending my money. Yeah. What did they look like? Yep. Um, yep. Give me the details. And they had the receipt number. I gave them the receipt number and they're like, yeah, okay, we can sort of narrow this down. We know yeah. the time. We got this. And one of the, the, the girl I spoke to, she goes, actually, uh, the girl who was working then is, is here. And I go, oh, good. Okay, we'll get her on. And she's like, yep. I remember last Wednesday afternoon quite well. And I go, oh, yeah. She goes, yeah, there was a bunch of people came in early before the, the kitchen opened and they had to sort of mill around for a while. Yeah. In my little brain, a tiny bell went. So uh. can you do the sound effect for a tiny bell. <laughs> Ding! God, that feels almost familiar. So could you describe the people? Yeah, yeah. She goes, I remember them quite well because they had to hang around for quite a while. There was an elderly lady. Ooh, that could Ooh, be that's... my mother-in-law. Oh, hang on. I thought she was going to say you. You were like, <laughs> yeah, I, I was dressed as an elderly lady. <laughs> Another I only do that on Saturdays. Uh, <laughs> there was a, a, a woman, uh, probably in her thirties, and a couple of kids. Yeah, I said, and I'm like, oh, and what, what were the kids? Oh, one was, you know, a, a little boy and a, and, a, and a girl who was a bit older, and they were like running around like crazy, causing trouble. Gibbo sounds this like sounds, my kids. Sounds like your sounds family. Like your family. <laughs> and then I said, was there a bloke? <laughs> oh yeah, I remember him well. <laughs> I'm like, describe him. Well, he had these oh, shorts on. Oh. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, yeah. And they didn't kind of quite go. They weren't jeans, but they weren't yeah. shorts. You are famous for <laughs> You are famous, shorts. but yeah. Did she mention the cargo pants and lots of pockets? In Yes. in, in <laughs> It didn't say cargo pants, but described them in detail. Shorts uh -huh. that didn't weren't quite shorts and lots of pockets. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, yeah, he sounds familiar. And then the clincher. And he had this thing round his neck. What do you call those things? Like a rope. You mean like a lanyard? A lanyard. And then, and I quote, and he had a stupid number of keys on them. Yes, yes. That was That's... me. She described my, me and my family. To and a team. then, loud bells. Ding, 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 ding. I took my family to the Glenelg Football Club. Uh, I took them all out for dinner because my mother-in-law left for Ireland the next day. Yeah. And I actually emailed you guys about it. That's why I couldn't do the podcast last week. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. Wow. Embarrassing, funny story. And oh, yeah. Uh, did you get your $9 back? <laughs> <laughs> no, we bought like four or five steaks. <laughs> so we definitely spent the money. Yeah.
But I'm yeah, getting I, old, guys. I, I forgot really it. Like, I completely forgot. I mean, I really like that the lady knew yeah. you so intimately. She must see hundreds of people, and you're the weirdest person she's come across. Well, you have to understand, we got there like quite early, and we made a lot of noise, and my kids right. caused a lot of trouble. So that's my funny story. Um, and the only other little bit of news Ooh, was Cameron, <gasps> the competition. With yeah, the, the <laughs> peepop, the peepop most relevant scientist. What well, you want to do it this week, do you? Oh, I thought we were going to get updates every. Oh yeah, couple I've got of the stats. Oh, I've got the stats too. Let's uh, let's, let's compare. compare. <laughs> I have no stats, so <laughs> you really don't care about this. No, I've given up at academia. That's it. Fuck it. <laughs> Fuck the idea. I'm off. All right. Well, I mean, Gibbo, you had a great week and a half. Well, no, two weeks since we did a podcast. Yeah. Thank you. You've gone up to 57 sites for the year. Mm, uh-huh. oh, well done, Gibbo. Well and done. So your 61 documents mean your P-pop relevant scientist score is 0.94. Uh, uh, Thank uh, you. Uh, 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 uh. Andy, 14 sites. Yeah. 14 publications. Score of one. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Currently winning. <sighs> me, 53 sites for the year and 40 publications. Score of 1.325. I'm the winner. I'm the best scientist here. Uh, No, you're not. No, no, no. 1.3 is higher than one. Oh. Mm. Who won that? (laughs) Me. (laughs) Oh, I didn't listen. (laughs) You've only been out of science for a little while and you've forgotten that 1.3 is greater than one. (laughs) My mind is melting away. So, I was wondering why you were dancing so much. <laughs> I, I couldn't stop him. It was wonderful cool. to see. I thought I, I was so happy for that moment, and I came crashing down to reality. So, I think the last time we talked about this, I said that I was going to think about how fair this competition is. I've got an addendum to it. Boring. Or a curriculum. Oh, that's why you've brought it up. All right, let's have a vote. Say it, and then we'll have a vote. <laughs> All right. I have a feeling I might lose. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, this is it. My problem is that um, I think that the period of time we should go over should not be, like, for me, way back to 1996. It should be from the most recent first the most recent year that the first paper has been published by us so andy that would be 2009 yeah your, your first paper was 2008 okay so we go to and then the, my reason for this is that the older a paper is the less sites it tends to accumulate no not if it's good science that's the point don't throw logic at me andy this is, this is how it goes. Because I've got, I mean, until 2009, I had about eight. So I've got all these papers that basically aren't producing many sites anymore. Because it's shit sites. Because they're really old. You sh- maybe you should have worked harder. <laughs> yeah, maybe that one. I should have anticipated this response. All right, is that it? All right, vote. All those for the amendment, say aye. Aye. All aye. those against the amendment, <laughs> say no. 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 Overruled. Fuck off. <laughs> there Let's, you go, Chris. Well, well, hold on. Let's open this up. Let's open this up to the uh, the peepop tribe out there who listen. Who right. votes that uh, the rules should be changed according to Gibbo, Smoky T, or T Bone? Look at you, Yay. <laughs> Stop making this ain't upbeat. Or should we keep going with the unfair and evil rules established by Andy and Cameron? Yay. <laughs> Evil, 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 evil. 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 <laughs> yeah, I predict evil is going to win. Anyway, so that's uh, enough. That's enough from me. So over to you guys. I don't give up. <laughs>
All right. I'll go. I'll squeeze in. All right. All right. What does that mean? I'll go now. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> you should have said that. <laughs> I wasn't sure what was going to happen then. I thought you were going to say something and then Cameron was going to say something and then, yeah. <laughs> Put my fist in Cameron's bum. <laughs> I'm in. All right. Again. <laughs> I've got some news, everybody. Yay. Oh, good. we got some fucking merchandise. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Did you see it? You see it? You see it? To you cup. See it? Yeah, uh, mugs. See it? We got a whole range of mugs. Not we just got every mug you could ever want. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Beer stein. Beer stein. Jesus, do we? Uh-huh. Travel mug. All of it. Everything. Regular mug. Regular mug. Now I'm just repeating what Cameron says. <laughs> cup. Cup. Kidney dish? No kidney dish. <laughs> what era are you from? You throw me off all the Chamber time. Chamber pot. <laughs> <laughs> No kitchen or uh, bathroom like, is. Can not- I have? Can I have a candle snuff? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love All right, it. we got merch. Anyway, we have got merch. <laughs> we don't have a candle snuff or a kidney dish, um, but go buy it, everyone. Yeah, it's good. It's great. It's our logo, and also we've got stickers as well. We've got some stickers, stickers. if you want to decorate your MacBook or whatever. Jesus. All I saw was do. the cup. Yeah, the yeah, mate. It's all happening. It's all happening. I would guarantee anyone, if you get a Peapop mug or sticker, mm. you will be the only person at your workplace with a Peapop mug or sticker. Agreed. Yep. Yep. That's Even how cool you'll you be. Even if you buy it in Flinders, because you guys ain't buying one, are you? <laughs> <laughs> Cameron well, fucking complained about the price. <laughs> yeah, that was brilliant. <laughs> I'm just looking out for the listener, Andy. <laughs> All right. What else you got for us? Um... Tell you what, this freelancing business is a bit of a pain in the ass. Oh, is mm. it? Oh, no. Yeah. Mm. Oh, yeah. no. It's, what, a, what it's just a slow burn. Mm. I thought I was all ready. I thought I was like, that's it. I've, I've done my done my bit. Mm-hmm. Done my bit. I'm ready to launch into mean, the world. You mean you've done a bit? I did a bit. You did a bit. I did a that's bit. That's what you mean, isn't it? I did a bit. Yeah. Paid your dues. I thought I was ready. Mm. thought I had the skills. Okay. Yeah. But yeah. then? No one's no one's listening to me. Huh. It's like you send out emails. I had I've sent out nine or ten pitches. Mm-hmm. Okay. Guess how many I've heard back from? Zero. Eight. Wrong. Ten. I was Cameron's turn. One. <laughs> one. Oh. And it said, "We're going to pass on this one, Andy." <laughs> uh, at, least I, at least I said your name. Yeah, it's nice, isn't it? And he said thanks afterwards. So thanks, Paul from the Atlantic. Um, oh, the Atlantic! I've yeah, heard of that. I, I, went, hell. I went a little bit too high. I think. No, good on you, man. I actually, this is the first week that I've actually earned money. Yeah. Now you've got some news. Oh, this is got good news. Some actual, this got is some good actual news. money. Yeah. Some actual real cash in my pocket. Yeah. Had you learned? Had you? Had you earned any money? Uh, I did some tutoring. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I earned that last week as well. Yeah. I also did a little bit of user testing. Mm-hmm. And. Drug drug testing? That's exactly right, yeah. <laughs> I just snort cocaine and go, this one's the good one. <laughs> um, uh, you are scratching your nose now. <laughs> I am, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm just checking the septum's still there. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's, been- it's, oh, it's there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, I need to get this nose as flat as possible. I'm, I'm dissolving that septum out. Oh, very good. <laughs> um, so user testing, testing websites. Stop making oh, yourself cry you with mean. laughter. You're trying to hide. <laughs> <laughs> I love it when Cameron loses it. Um, and audio production for Radio National. Oh, cool. Ooh. So all of that's coming together, which is excellent. That's my news. 
Very good, Andy. Well done, mate. Well done. Thanks. Some Cameroon. All right, so I submitted a paper last Friday. Oh, where, he did. Where I am first author and corresponding author. You oh. start. What music would well, we have I mean, for submitting that? Submitting's not that hard. I mean, I, it That's could true. be really rubbish. Yeah. Um, okay. But I mean, Chris, you read it and. I thought it was good. All right. yeah, I, I mean, I'm, uh, I'm on it, so uh, that 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 takes it up to at least the level of good. So yeah, very good. Bonza. All right. It was Bonza. And, and so part of writing a paper for yourself is you read a lot for, to kind of know the field to write the perfect introduction. Yep. And I came across this one, where someone has a very interesting email address that they've given oh, as their yes. corresponding. Can email. I guess what it is? Okay. For, no, we can't put that on the podcast. <laughs> no, you're not on this one. <laughs> <laughs> so I once did like a how to be a good researcher workshop mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. he told me off for having an email address of, I, no, I'll just say it, <laughs> firstname.lastname at gmail.com. Yeah. And he was like, no, you can't have that. You can't have a Gmail address. That's not, doesn't sound professional. And I said, well, it's firstname.lastname and my... Flinders' account is just going to get taken away from me as soon as I leave. Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and so, yeah. and then he was like, "We just can't do it." You know. Of course, that's how old people end arguments when yeah. they know they when they know they've lost. Yeah. They wait a minute. It's what I do. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, so this person here um, has obviously also chosen to to use a Gmail address, hmm. but they don't have first name dot last name. I'll give it to Andy. Uh, underlined there is uh, the email address. Oh, that this they have is fantastic! On a paper in a real journal. Vegetable dot day dot eight three one at gmail dot com. <laughs> Any correspondence for this paper on how DNA can stabilize uh, carbon nanotubes? Can email vegetable day. I love it. I love it. There should be more of this in science. We I should. We should celebrate individuality. Yeah. Great stuff. Great stuff. Good find, Cameron. Yeah, good one. Good one. Uh, all right. So last podcast, I was about to play a cricket final, mm. and I rattled Spock by telling them that they suck. Oh, fuck I'm, Spock. I'm assuming Andy wouldn't have cut that bit out of nope, the podcast. No, that's in there. It's in. Uh, and so because Chris had this dinner that he arrived really early to last week, last Wednesday, mm-hmm. I didn't get to rattle the rival at the podcast Ooh, last week. Yeah. And we lost. Mm-hmm. Because Ooh. I didn't get to rattle them because you had early stake. I had early stake, which I forgot about and which I rang up the credit card company to verify. It's so your, this is actually, this is my fault. It's your fault Cameron lost his game. Oh. How does that make you feel, Gibbo? Uh, I'm going to sound a lot sorrier than I actually am. <laughs> <laughs> it's You've perfected that over the years. But I'm going to say it. I'm sorry, Cameron. Okay, you're welcome. All right. So, Chris... <laughs> I mean, you've we've been trying to push some. Is um, that the right response? You're welcome. <laughs> I stopped listening. <laughs> <laughs> You're always looking. I'm sorry. You're what do I say? What do you say? I've never heard. It's okay. Ah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Do you know once one of my friends, he, he paid for something and the cashier gave him the change, and he went sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Andy, you've been trying to push some uh, nicknames upon yourself recently. You mean Chris? You said Andy. <laughs> Jesus, help! Jesus, help! <laughs> oh, my God. Jesus, that was your on? response was Jesus, Jesus hell. Jesus, hell. 
Jesus Christ, what's going on, Cameron? <laughs> Chris. Yeah. You've been trying to push some nicknames upon yourself recently. Smokey T has. And they've often been with T or you had T Bone was one you were going for. Yep. Yeah. yeah why? So, I mean, one. we don't yep. really like T Bone very much, but I think you kind of do deserve something similar. Oh, thank you. So I was trying to think, <laughs> how could I get a G into T Bone? G Bone? <laughs> <laughs> no, you got to keep the T. You love the T. Oh, I love the T. Yeah. All right. So can we call you T Bag? <laughs> oh, fuck off. <laughs> yeah, T Bag Gibbo. T Gib? Can we T Bag you? <laughs> no. No, you can't T Bag me. <laughs> the idea of you guys calling me T Bag. Hey, T Bag. You, you just and, calm down there, mate. T Bagging me. I don't know. It fills me with dread. Oh, T-Bag. I will allow T-Bag for this podcast. <laughs> and the next one. Oh, gee, this is going to stick, in there. Hey, T-Bag. I'm going to be walking down the fucking corridor and Heavy D is going to be like, T-Bag, how's it going? Hey, T-Bag. All the students. Cameron. I'm supposed to exert authority all, over. Hi, almost T-Bag. certainly one of your best contributions to the podcast. <laughs> How about T-Big? <laughs> <laughs> no. T-Bigo? T-Bago? <sighs> Motherfucker. Damn you, Cameron. All right, guys. We've got some feedback from listeners. Oh, what? Oh, oh uh, well, this wasn't in the rundown. Yeah, some feedback. This is from Twitter, and it says, in response to our new merch, our new merchandise, it says, now you just have to run competitions in the podcast where people can win those. Oh, well, we kind of had had one competition. That's right. Now, he wants more, so thanks very much, Ingo. Oh, oh yeah. okay. All right. Ingo Cooper. Dr. Cooper. Yeah. Cooper. Yeah. Cooper. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Bring so it on. So thanks very much, Ingo. We've also had, in response to our last podcast, someone say, a good giggle and some gems on the way to work. Love me some P-pop. Oh, that sounds good. That's good. So thank you very much, Noni or Dr. Creasy. Oh, oh yep. Yep, Noni. Well done. Thank you, Noni. One of our top fans. Top yep. fans. Yep. Another one is... Jesus. Do you remember in the last podcast that we released? The number 26. Number 26. You talked about, we talked about having a Gibbo spin-off podcast. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Gibcast. And Lewis McKenzie on Twitter has said it's, the spin-off podcast should be called Gibbo, 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 your signs after midnight. <laughs> <laughs> I <laughs> science after midnight. That yeah, is, that is when Gibbo does the most of his science yeah, as well. Yeah. Actually, there are a lot of hours between 10 p.m. and 6 a.m. and that's when Gibbo works the hardest. And he says that obviously the Gibbo, 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 your science after midnight should be sung to the tune of "Gimme, Gimme, Gimme, Your Man After Midnight" by oh, Abba. Thank so you. So I said you'll be so pleased. It's already got its own sh- its own uh, intro music. This podcast writes itself. I don't have to do anything. Thank you. Bring it all. Bring it in, listeners. I'll just repeat what you say. We'll get Andy to sing it. And the last little bit is our first ever message on SoundCloud. Oh, mm-hmm. it's possible. It's possible. Could we pretend for those people who don't really understand what that means? And there's going to be a few people out there. What that actually means? Yeah, sure, Gibbo. Um, it means that they contacted us through where our podcast is hosted. Oh, that's SoundCloud. SoundCloud. I mean, obviously. Obviously, obviously. And it goes like this. Oh, you're you're limbering up for this one. Holy shit. I'm really excited about this one. Just stop at me, baby. 
You will not look for others after you see me and a link. Holy oh. shit. <laughs> uh, a link to P-pop? It's a link to a spammy website where I'll be scammed. <laughs> so thank you very much, deleted user. <laughs> Guess what? What? Hmm. What's going on? It's time for Topic of the Day! Topic of the Day. Topic of the Day. And the Topic of the Day is suggested by the one and only Teabag. The Teabagger. The Teabag. Oh, Mr. Teabag. Dr. Teabag. Dr. Smokey Tea. Bag. (laughs) Um, The Topic for the Day is PhD by publication. (gasps) What is it? What are the advantages? What are the disadvantages? Will it become the norm? Gibbo, tell us what it is. All right. So first off, and Cameron did, we we actually had a little mini discussion about this beforehand. We had a quick Andy free chat. We did. Andy, I apologize. I dare you. Yeah. We called your names, but we won't get into that. Um, First off, we thought was like, let's discuss what is a PhD? What do we think a PhD actually is? And we all might have slightly different ideas of that. And we might have different ideas even compared to what the university thinks. Mm. So I, I did a little bit of research and cobbled together a bit of a definition that I think it is. All right. And I would say that it is a body of original research, which is in total or significant part worthy of publication in a peer-reviewed journal. Typically comes in the form of a thesis. Um, and when complete is typically examined by maybe two or three examiners we also have PhDs in the relevant field of study and have demonstrated a record of achievement in that field. So in many countries, you have a viva as well, which we don't have here in Australia. Well, that would be a thesis defence. Thesis defence, exactly. It's sort of like we'd call it almost like an oral examination. Or uh, we have to, you have to display some knowledge of the, um, the thesis either directly to the examiners or I think in Germany they actually give like a public talk. Yeah. How many people do you have to oralise? <laughs> in the panel discussion? Uh, uh, well, it depends on the country and depends on the... Yeah. Uh, At least five. Uh, I think that's pretty well... The only other thing I sort of talked about was what the what the sort of duration of time is to do one. And I would say, and, and I might actually be wrong about this, but my opinion was and is that it's typically about three years minimum. Mm. Um, but it can go. And in my day, back in way, way back, you were given up to about a maximum of 10 years. Now, that has actually changed now. And I think uh, Flinders University policy is now maximum, what is it, Cameron, now? Four or five? <sighs> Four and a half, let's maximum say. Maximum what? Maximum in paper or maximum that actually happens? I think, well, I at think, the moment. I think four years is... Yeah. is, is Flinders is in a transitional period at the moment where they're going to make it a maximum of four years. Yeah. Full time, I should yep. say. Um, and I would also say that the bulk of the, the research in that PhD has to be done by the PhD candidate. Yeah, you forgot the bit where you feel really sad for a long time. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, that bit where you cry a lot. Oh, yeah. is that a requirement? Yeah. <laughs> I thought it just happened. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I kind of think that um, a PhD student is a, an apprentice scientist. Um, and yeah. so I would say that um, to gain a PhD, you must demonstrate the mastery of a topic or discipline. Oh, you said that with such like authority and I feel like I feel like I didn't master anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you mastered something, surely. Making 
one day's work look like five days work <laughs> boom there, there you go, go. There, we are. there you go phd that's a skill every phd student needs no I, I really like the analogy of like an apprenticeship for science yeah i like that that's fair enough that's a that's a phd phd in general yeah what normally happens or what's happened in the past is that the way you get examined on whether or not you have mastered a discipline um is that you write a big fat book Yep, mm-hmm. a big fat book which includes why you did it, how you did it, mm-hmm. what you found, and what you would like to do next if you were to continue. And the idea is that this publication is to convince your peers in the same field that you know what you're doing and that you have earned the title of doctor. Well, yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, that's, that's the idea. That's yep. the idea. Yep. Yeah. Mine was only had to be examined by two people. Okay. Um, and they just couldn't be someone who had published with my supervisor. Sure. Within the last five years. Yeah. And then they were supposed to, you know, I mean, who, it's pretty hard to really find two people who haven't published with your supervisor who are working mm. in the same field that know enough to be able to uh, do it. But anyway, so, uh, yeah, I, I, I really think that the as long as your supervisor lets you submit it, mm. it will get accepted hmm. yeah something has to go seriously wrong to be honest for someone to fail their phd usually yeah. there's been a big breakdown with the supervisor something's gone wrong like that did you have to chisel yours into slate chris like 250 tablets of oh. stone to chisel in that that's how i got so buff yeah <laughs> <laughs> but of course times they change mm. universities are looking for other ways for people to prove that they have mastered a a discipline or, or topic, was that what you said? Yep, yep. The way they, they do that is they're looking towards essentially what scientists produce, Yeah. which is papers. Mm-hmm. Peer-reviewed, published papers yep. in internationally recognized journals. Chris, is it good to change from writing yep. a thesis? So the thesis is the monograph style where it's all within one, cons- yep. with one, within one story. Mm. With one- is it good to go from that to... What? There's, I think they're saying like five publications. I mean, so this is another important point to probably define. What is a PhD by publication? And it does vary, I think, a bit from university to university. Sure. And this is probably one of the points that I would say is a problem with it. So mm. I, I can think of pluses and minuses, but I'm going to, for today, I'm going to take the side where um, <laughs> it's a bit of a disadvantage. Yeah. It's not as beneficial as it sounds. So... For me, in my experience, I actually re- I've reviewed two PhDs during my career, and mm-hmm. one of them was a PhD by publication. Ooh, fifty percent, fifty percent. Yeah, the it's only two. So, um, what I found was that basically, uh, when you do a PhD by publication, you you do a kind of thesis. You bind all the papers together mm-hmm. as they appear in the journal, and you do basically a thirty-page introduction where you summarize the aims and, you know, why you did it and blah, 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 and even a little bit of the results. It's like a, a really, really compressed thesis. Yeah. But obviously with most of the details out of it because that's mm-hmm. in the papers. So when you're reviewing it, you know, you've only got this small document to review. And if you find errors in the papers, what can the, what can the student do about them? Mm. So in a normal thesis, if you find mistakes, they have to go and change them. Yeah. And to the point where if they're really scientifically wrong, yep. you make the person do more experiments. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. 
Now, the problem with the PhD by publication, that, that just isn't really practical. Yeah. Um, so, you know, with this particular one, I did find some stuff in the papers that I wasn't particularly keen on. Luckily, they did talk about that in their introduction, this little intro they have to do. So I did go back and say, look, I want you to fix these things up in this 30-page intro. But really, if you find anything significantly wrong in the papers themselves, they're not going to go back and... Mm. Um, you know, write to the journal and say, yeah, well, these are papers. sorry, there's some mistakes here. Yeah. Um, we want you to, to do a, what do you call it, an addendum or something like that. You're basically a bit stuck. So reviewing them is, is in a way, much more difficult than doing a standard thesis. A standard mm. thesis, you can really give some good feedback and then they can change that document and make it a hell of a lot better. And I've talked to other um, academics who've reviewed them and they said the same thing. In fact, uh, one of them, one of the academics I talked to, I don't think they even had a 30-page intro. It was literally just the papers, papers stuck, stuck together with a yeah. very, very short intro to it. So it makes examina- examining it, I think, um, difficult. Yeah. Well, it's almost pointless, really. It's almost pointless. And, and this is what and I think. probably what they want, want it to be. I mean, I think this is how it will evolve. You know, Sorry, eventually in the future it could be, right, you've, you've got your four papers. Yeah. You're done. You're done. You're, You're out. Done. You know, and that, that might be how it actually evolves. Well, it seems like it's the advantage is on the system side, so the university side, which is maybe they won't have to get people to review or they won't have to pay as much to people to uh, yeah, review theses. The, the thesis reviewer gets paid some I, amount per hour. I got, I think on average it was about 500 bucks, yeah. something like that. About that, yeah. so, so you know, university that. saves but the university for money. Two, or, two or three reviewers. That's a yeah, significant that's a sum of money. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I mean, I think so. I reckon the the thesis by publication is a good idea mm-hmm. um, because it really just focuses the students on getting publications, which is the true metric that's used in all other parts of science for how good you are. Sure. Yeah. And so for them to be focusing on that as early as possible, I think is better for the student. Yeah. But I mean, on the other side, like a thesis, I mean, when I was writing, it was like you turn a chapter into a paper. Yeah. So, I mean, no one did. But that was the idea is that each chapter could potentially become its own paper yes but then the thesis by publication already is is that that, yeah yeah you're kind of just cutting out the middleman of the thesis and also then you're getting the publication out quicker yeah which is then again good for everything else in science the grant applications your job applications yeah um uh i don't know your your twitter feed yeah so facebook friends how many people do you think have read your thesis since you have published it um I don't know. I give it to people quite a lot. Oh, you like, hey, this is a good read. Yeah. <laughs> you should probably read this. It's the like author's a, a bit of a stud. <laughs> Bedtime reading. Yeah. So I, mine gets sent around a lot for the formatting that I did. Because it is, it is quite wow. complicated, the formatting yeah. for printing on like front and back side and the, yeah. the edging so has to be the same. Not the science, just the formatting. Oh, yeah, the formatting. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. No, that's a good but our, our theses, uh, the, at least when I was going through, they were every thesis is put on a digital repository. Yeah. And so I don't really know if that's been downloaded a number yeah, of times. Because sure. there would be, I mean, there's more information on the th- in the thesis than there are in the publications which came from it. Yeah. Um, but I also, there's also must be two hard copies of my thesis in the library. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's 
yeah, one in my office. Have you been to visit it? They might, no. I, I assume that it's collecting some serious dust <laughs> <laughs> along with the rest of the theses held in the, held in the library. Yeah, yeah. And so it makes sense that you should publish because like Cameron said, you get all the benefits of publishing mm-hmm. without the effort of having to um, produce a, a massive document. But why hasn't dust, it... Dust collector. Dust, a dust collector. Yeah. I gave a copy to my parents and they were like, we read the uh, the acknowledgements. They were nice. Yeah, Go yeah. Go any further? Yeah. No, it's confusing. Yeah. yeah. There is something nice about having that book. It doesn't happen very often, but sometimes, because mine's in my spare room, sometimes visitors will come and be like, what's that? And I'm like, that's my PhD. Mm, yeah. <laughs> They're like, oh, it's big. Thank you. <laughs> you know what they say. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> what, what, what are they saying? Andy's a nerd. <laughs> I love that trail though. <laughs> yeah, look, um, so let me, let me take the, the negative side again. The, the thing that concerns me about it is how do you assess this thing? So three papers. Let's, let's say the standard is, 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 no, four papers. You have to produce four peer-reviewed papers. Yeah. I think that the number of papers will, like, so we're all in, say, chemistry, materials, science. Yep. Yeah. So our, num- our expectation of publications is very different to, say, if we sure. have a listener in health science or even their whole experience will be different. I just wanted to get yeah. that. So we're... Our four, that's kind of going from yeah, from our field. So yeah, we're we're, yeah. we're aware that it changes. So, some some fields might publish a lot more. Some might publish less. But just just use uh, the number four. Yeah. Where in the author list should the um, student be for those papers to be considered part of their thesis? One, two. One or oh, two. I would say one only. So herein herein could be some problems with the process because there's a lot of papers produced now where you could question. Say you're a postdoc working on a project and you do the bulk of the research, mm. right? And you're like, well, I, I want first author on this. And your supervisor says, Mm-mm, I've got this student. I need him uh, to get through. It's good for me to have PhD students graduate. Yeah. Good for the university. Sorry you did all that work, postdoc, but they did a little bit of work, so I'm going to have to put them first. Mm. Now, the postdoc, I think, would be justified in being quite upset. Well, not even a postdoc. It could be another PhD student. A younger PhD student. A younger PhD coming through and they'd be like, well, actually, this was my idea and I did the bulk and this person did a lot less. They deserve to be on the paper, but they shouldn't be first. Yeah. And the supervisor might make a political decision to say, well, look, you're smart, you're clever, you'll get loads of first author papers. Mm. We're going to give this one to... Whoever. To Jimmy McLazybum. <laughs> oh, well, Jimmy, take that. <laughs> Sorry, Jimmy. Throwing Jimmy. punches everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> the other thing I was thinking of is, you know, what about the quality of the journal? So should what if someone gets a nature paper? <gasps> should that just be the be-all and end-all? I tell you what, to be able to produce a first author nature paper during your PhD, it's you rare. have got to be a little something special, haven't you? It's rare. It's all rare. really lucky. All really lucky. Yeah. Oh, so uh, yeah. So even though I have taken the negative side on this, I do have to acknowledge that I actually think this is the way it's going to go. Yeah. I mean, I think we've pretty much. I think it's. I mean, it's just easier, and the fact that publications. I mean, just the universities just need to be clever to stop rotting. Um, but like slight rotting's already happening. So yeah, just keep the rotting level the same. But make it it easier. I mean, that makes everyone happy. Yeah, I mean, I think think it could get students through quicker and it could get universities more papers. And it's going to be hard for them to 
to knock back those two big advantages, even mm. though there are going to be some disadvantages without a doubt. Mm. Mm. Boom. Our next section is Science This, where we use our transferable science skills to science the shit out of an everyday activity. And today, the Science This topic is <gasps> death metal drumming. And it sounds like this. I just did it. Yeah, but like really like this. <laughs> and it's from Jar on the forum. Thanks, so thanks very much, Jar. Or Ya. Or Ya. That's right. Thank you, Ya. Good point. Good point. Um, so, Gibbo, science the shit out of death metal drumming. All right. Um, once again, I've brought it. There's no other way to describe what I've done. You, I've just brought it. You've gone brung it. I've done, done brung it. So... Um, I'm not familiar with metal de- with drum with. <laughs> Clearly. Obviously not. Obviously not. <laughs> I'm not familiar with drumming of the death metal, um, so I had to do a little bit of research. And thanks to the electronic encyclopedia, which you can find on your computer, I looked up heavy metal drumming. Heavy metal drumming is a style of rock music drum kit playing that developed in the late 60s and early 1970s, largely in the United Kingdom. Remember that. That is crucial to my science. This. Alright, with roots in the blues, rock and psychedelic, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> I can see The blah, blah should have come a lot earlier. <laughs> the essence of metal drumming is creating a loud, constant beat using the trifecta of speed, power and precision. That is literally three words to describe me. Anyway. Um, so, of course I could go to my mainstays of virtual reality, AI. I'm bringing something new. How am I going to science this? The way I'm sciencing this is I'm producing... The best heavy metal, death metal drummer in the universe. The drummer. The drummer. The one drummer. Yep. So the you're going to go, when yep. someone goes death metal drumming, you're going to go, this guy. This guy here. Mm-hmm. How am I going to make this virtuoso of death metal drumming? You tell me. I'm going to use what I call the Truman Show method. Okay. Now, in that movie, it was really just for a, uh, a reality show. In this, I'm doing the same thing to produce the greatest heavy metal death metal drummer in the universe. Death metal. Death metal, that one as well. <laughs> a child is selected. Some you know, basic tests are, no, some basic tests are done to show that they'll have decent hand eye coordination. Blah, All right, blah, blah, how are you doing that? Reflexes. Uh, just with, you know, like the doctor does, he hits you, you, the baby's knee with a hammer and it, the reflexes show and all, all that right. sort of thing. We're not going in, we're not genetically modifying. I'm moving away from my my usual techniques. Okay. Then we need to raise them in the optimum atmosphere to produce a heavy metal lover. Therefore, the atmosphere we're producing is 70s England. So we're going for rainy environment, crap food, cramped housing, Thatcherite government, hideous terrace housing, no dental care, the classic English spirit-crushing environment. (laughs) You know we have a lot of listeners in England. I lived in England for nine years, uh... When I did my uh, postdoc in Cambridge, um, and I know the place very well, but just because uh, you know a flower, a beautiful flower, can grow out of a you never said you were at Cambridge before, haven't I? Not for nine years. <laughs> oh, I was there for three. I kept going back because England needed me. So <laughs> gradually through the early teen years, we exposed this young person uh, you don't to heavy metal. Young people. No, <laughs> we <laughs> we exposed them to heavy metal, stressing the importance of drumming. To the music. They get all the attention from the opposite sex if they're a drummer. 
and they are the most musically gifted if they're a drummer, which is the complete opposite of what it is in real life. <laughs> we Just then tell them... Throw, throwing punches around here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah cool. English people are copping it, drummers are copping it. <laughs> Do you want anyone to listen to this podcast anymore? Then we tell them through their fake parents that they are never to do death metal drumming. Never to do it. Ever, ever to do it. They are forbidden to do it. But they are allowed to spend time with with all their friends who encourage them to drum as much as possible. Yeah. Without them knowing, we encourage them to write classic death metal songs, which, you know, we basically subliminally tell them, you know, oh, these would be good lyrics in a song. Yeah. These would be good lyrics in a song. Blah, yeah. blah, blah. Great, great songs such they- as Motorhead's Ace of Spades. And then we engineer events so that they attain fame through these Ooh, songs. Yeah. And so this person then becomes the greatest death metal drummer in the universe. Scienced. <laughs> So we have an entire world created for this person, the best environment to produce the greatest death metal Just to recreate Motorhead's song. Well, they don't know. They don't know. (laughs) In their little universe, they They, don't know. They produced it. But they're a drummer, so it doesn't really matter if if they um, can't write songs. We just let them think they can. But the drumming is what will excel. Okay. And the thing we push very hard is we let them think that drumming is the main part of it, is the greatest part of it. And so there we go. Got Thanks, it. Guys. All right. Well done, Gibbo. Yep. Well done. I've done it again. That'll work. Yep. Uh, that'll you. work. Thank you. I am I, I'm taking this approach, gents. All right. I think that drumming mm. is a skill that can be learned. Mm. What can't be learned is performance. Oh, okay. All right? Yeah. So what I'm doing is I'm allowing someone to focus 100% on the drumming aspect. All right? So I'm saying to them, you go and you just learn. You just just fucking learn. Drumming. Drumming. Okay. Bang, 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 bang. Bang, 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 bang. Because what I'm doing is I'm creating the best performer. I go and I say to someone, just learn and don't worry about anything other than the rhythm. When he's really good, I say, come with me. And he comes with me. Are you sure he would? Hundred percent. Hundred percent. You've got. The, you've got. Is that the way you're going to somehow? Is that the way you're going to do it? Come with me. Come with me. I don't want to, sir. I don't want to get in your car. I have a white van. <laughs> First of all, have you ever watched a drummer's face as he drums d- uh, death metal? No. Nope. No, not really. It's like this. Uh, and he's scrunching his face, showing his teeth. His eyes are closed. He's kind and of he's g- grinding his teeth. He's, right? gu- he's gurning. What I'm doing is I'm producing, I'm putting little electrodes all over his face. So okay. he looks like he's fucking drumming like a mad fucker. You know, all like, right. right? Now, when the crowd see this, they're going to be like, this guy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This guy's for us. He's giving us 100%. Next thing is a chair that holds, supports the back. But that's important. Yep. At the top, it has a mechanical arm which cradles the head. Okay. And uh. it fucking head. head oh, it, so the cradle's pushing his head up and down. Head goes yeah. back and forward mm-hmm, so that he mm-hmm. can head bang all right. like a motherfucker. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right. So his face is all grimaced. Mm-hmm. 
So you think grimacing is good? It's so good. Okay. The crowd see it and they're like, this guy's, this guy's giving us 110%. All right. Yep. Because that's possible. So the sound is actually to you almost not irrelevant, but not the most important thing. Yeah. But he's yeah. had a lot of time still to focus on he's, it. He's just focused on yeah. that. He's not focused on performance. Okay, I see. Because you you because I've the, got I've got that covered. You're taking the that performance over. chair. I've got the performance headbanging chair. Performance I've chair. I've got the 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 grimace. And the final piece of all this is, I've got a little crown, a little contraption on his head. Okay. Right, as part of the chair. Yeah. 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 Now imagine this: you're at a rock. That's not what they call it. Death metal concert. Death mm-hmm. metal drumming right? concert, yeah. Okay. This guy you're looking up, his drumming's okay, but yeah. you don't care because he's fucking giving it his all. Mm-hmm. His face is curled up in a gross way. He's head banging. <laughs> he's probably broken his neck. Uh-huh. And then blood starts pouring down <laughs> his face. <laughs> <laughs> is that real blood or fake blood? Real blood. He's got oh. a crown on oh. and it's got little razor blades that cuts into his forehead. Yeah. Right? Anyone who saw that performance would go, I've just seen the best death metal drummer I have ever seen. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. that's pretty good. Yeah, except for the, the Truman Show one I made. <laughs> Is that you done? I'm done. Well done. That was well good. Done. Boom, boom. That's a good one. All right, death metal drumming. So uh, what I kind of think about when I hear death metal drumming is that it's fast Mm-hmm. It kind of goes. It goes on that sixteenth beat, mm-hmm. uh, and it's loud. Mm-hmm. And so I think that the like the sixteenth beat is really just the beat for drumming. So <laughs> so it's, I can't really make that faster to make it sound better because yep. then it would be something else. So what yeah. I wanted. To, so then what I kind of looked at is how can I make the drumming louder yep. without sacrificing the speed. Yep. Um. Uh, all right, so when a drum is hit, the skin vibrates, and then as the skin vibrates, it displaces air. Ooh, and so yeah. as this air is displaced, it creates pockets of varying pressure, and then this is what creates sound. Mm. The frequency of the sound, like if it's high-pitched ah, or low-pitched, ah, oh. it depends on the speed of the vibration, yep. and that, that then depends upon the tightness and the size of the drum, yeah, but also the material properties of the drum. So how it kind of, how much it moves depending on like its size and how uh, thin it is, uh, and the volume depends on the amount of air that's displaced. So if it's a bigger drum and you whack it, uh, you'll displace a lot more air and it'll be a lot louder. Mm-hmm. Uh, and at the same time, say if I hit it harder, it will also displace more air and mm-hmm. it will be louder. Um. Uh, all right, so if I want to make death metal drumming louder, then I would need to just hit it harder, but yep. that's really hard when it's going at that really fast speed. So my science this is to change the skin material into something that's so light uh, that it, the drum can be made bigger, um, and so when the drummer hits it, it can be make that louder sound but it's going to be so light that it's they can still hit it at that uh, faster speed, um, but still meeting the ideal pitch. Yeah. So that's really it. And so the material that my drum will be made out of... I was going to say, what was it going to be made out of? It's a carbon nanotube film. <laughs> uh, the strongest material known to man. Known uh, to man. 
they can be nanometers thick, but mm. it would be just as strong as the current, you know, flimsy old skin. Yeah. And so when you when you hit it, it's going to be loud. It's going to be you can still hit it just as uh, fast without yep. having to do it. And best of all, carbon nanotubes are black. Oh, so, so we are going to have black skins on this death metal drum. Oh, very good. Oh, yeah, very that's good. the cherry very on good. top, right? There you go. Very fast, good. loud, and black. Very good. Death very metal good. drumming science. Boom. Could you make make it out of graphene? Nope. <laughs> Sort of dis- dismiss that very quickly without even really giving it any thought. You really did science, it, Cameron. You always do it. Well done. Yeah, that's well right, done. I guess. yeah. Um, yeah. I, you know, I looked into the science of drumming and then made it better. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is that how you do it? <laughs> you just make up bullshit about whatever. <laughs> Getting dissed. <laughs> Music is provided by the excellent and awesome Adelaide-based band VoiceROM. Check out their stuff on their Bandcamp website. Also, remember to subscribe to us on your favourite podcast app, like our Facebook page, join in the forum, buy our mugs, and leave us a review on wherever you get this podcast. Buy our mugs, that's new. Buy our mugs. You were just listening to Publish, Perish, or Podcast, and we're brought to you this week by our future sponsor, Tetley, the maker of tea bags, because... (laughs) We have a tea bag. <laughs> All right, final farewells, Cameron. Goodbye. Tea bag. Goodbye from Smoky Tea. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>